How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. It's your boy Reagan Harrell right here with Josh Blackmore to recap the weekend and a couple of the early midweek or early week games. We had a couple uh, games kind of tr- uh, trickle over uh, into the the week, uh, including a soccer uh, Sun Conference soccer matchup. But before we get into the full the full episode, give you a little bit of a rundown. It's going to go go on. Uh, Josh and I are going to do our normal thing, and then Manny will take over and just do the volleyball. Manny and I couldn't quite get our scheduling uh, completely right. We had a time set up uh, to record, uh, but we could not uh, quite uh, get it right. But before we get any further into the episode, this episode is brought to you by First Choice Insurance. First Choice Insurance is a licensed health insurance advisor in Central Florida. is is licensed in uh, many, most states, including Georgia, Florida, Sun Conference states, of course. Uh, you can con- contact uh, Mr. First, Connor First, uh, at firstchoiceinsurance at gmail.com. Again, that's firstchoiceinsurance at gmail.com. You also reach him at calendy.com slash firstchoiceinsurance. That's calendy, C A L E N. D-L-Y, Calendly, my apologies. So Calendly.com, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com slash First Choice Insurance. You can also reach him on it says phone number 610-888-6, or excuse me, 3906. Let me do that one more time. 610-888-3906. Something that you heard about on Suncast. He is our presenting sponsor of today's show, First Choice Insurance. Josh. We know we know ball. I think that that is where we can start. Um, you know, we don't like taking victory laps, but every now and then we're going to take a victory lap. Why do we get to take a victory lap? Well, you went four and zero on your picks for Sun Conference, and I got all of my soccer picks right. The only one that, that I got incorrect uh, was at least Scad and yeah, Scad Warner uh, said that one would be a draw. It was a three-two game, so pretty close. Uh, so good job, good job boys. Um, uh, yeah. Again, I do we do fire us up. Oh. Oh, let's go. Let's go. All right. That's enough of that. It's enough of that. Let's uh let's get it get, get let's get into it. Um um yeah, we'll start with with uh, kind of recapping soccer, but before that, I do we have to mention uh some Kaiser women's golf because they just went on uh a pretty incredible deal what they they just did in the Jupiter Women's Invitational. They face up against seven Division 1 teams, finished third. Um you know, overall twenty-seven over, impressive for them. Uh, Hoiki Lau, and I know golf is more of a spring thing, but Hoiki Lau, man, remember the name. It's a sophomore at Kaiser, and could very well be a national champion uh, come, come the spring. But moving on, uh, kind of recap everything goes on. Uh, just kind of go in order of what I have in the notes. There's really no major standout no not nothing that was like oh my oh my goodness um that this happened um i'll tell you i'll tell you the, the main one that, that, that i'll start with and it's far memorial saint thomas i think that's, that may have been the one i said i know i have one tie that, that i had in, um that w- wasn't tied, but every, everything else is right anyways let me tell you something we're gonna do our kind of mid-year mid-ish year um awards next episode we will do that next episode. I'll go ahead and t- tell you one, though. Rebecca Gunn, head coach for Scatter Women's Soccer, is most likely going to win Women's Coach of the Year. I don't know if there's a lot of, lot that's going to kind of debate that, um, especially if they continue on the run they're on, and she is very well-deserved. Well, Coach Mark Young has done at Florida Memorial. I want anybody listening right now, I know we don't have an interview this episode. We may not quite have the numbers we usually have, but still, our loyal listeners, the real Sunny fans, I want you to go. I'm challenging you to go find any soccer coach in America that's got a better turnaround of a program than what Coach Young has done in Miami Gardens with the Lady Lions this year. Once again, they go toe to toe with a team, St. Thomas, it's having a historic year. They're certainly up. They're, they're certainly up for a couple of midseason awards. Lost the game one nil. Look, you look at their record; they're three seven and two, one and seven in, in the conference. Is that great? No, it's not great. No, but you all know what Florida Memorial women's soccer was, and I mean this with all due respect to Florida Memorial and Florida Memorial women's soccer in the past. No shade being thrown here. 
you could make the argument that they were one of the worst teams overall in the Sun Conference. Again, I don't not not trying to step on any toes or anything like that. It's factual. Coach Young talked about it. Far Memorial Women's Soccer is one place you would go in, and if you weren't winning the game eight nine ten eleven zero, something was wrong. He has changed that in one year, and now going toe to toe with the seventeenth ranked team in the NAI. I mean, Josh, if that's not impressive, I, I, I don't know what is. I have no idea. Me either. You know, I mean, it, it is incredible. We just had him on a couple episodes ago. And he backs up his talk. I'm incredibly impressed by it. And obviously, when, when you say Sun Conference, you think baseball. Swimming, of course. Swimming, diving. We have three teams in the top 25 regularly. Or top five, my apologies. Obviously, think baseball, softball occasionally. But women's soccer is 100% up there. And we just got another another great team. Good and for it's it. incredible. And it's incredible, and it's incredible what he's done. But they did not win the game. Um, the game was tied for 88 minutes. So less than two minutes left in the game, it took for the 17th-ranked team in the country – to draw blood. And they did. And they won. And that's what St. Thomas does. Hey, they're a great team. No, no, no doubt about it. And then they St. Thomas won. They are a phenomenal team. They win the game 1-0. Uh, Santiago uh, w- with the goal. Claudia Rodriguez, CR7. She may very well be up for an award or, award or two when it's all said and done at the end of this year. Both of them. Um, along with their keeper. Had another great, great shutout. Another shutout. Four, four saves. But St. Thomas wins one 0 That's kind of the, the big the big result. Um, and not necessarily a big result, but my kind of my big point that, that I want wanted to get get off my chest. Uh, roll roll through the, the the rest of them. Um, I think another somewhat statement, kind of sort of Scad when they played Warner earlier this year, one 0 Scad says, "Okay, you come to Savannah, seven two, no problem." Uh, but there, Sinichura, Sun Conference Offense Player of the Week. Well deserved. Another couple goals and assists. Um, she shoots ahead. Um, she she's definitely going to be someone we talk about uh, when it comes to end of season awards. Seven um, two. They take care, they take care of business. Um, speaking of our team, turn that corner a little bit. Kaiser. Remember earlier in the year three two to Weber. This time they go up to Babson Park and five nil. Watch out for Kaiser. This is the team I've told you. Don't don't sleep on them. They have an excellent uh, performance here. Sierra Uko stepping up in a big way. She scores again. Sun got scores. Amelia Nielsen, another uh, another goal, goal and assist added by her. Georgia Little, another assist. She is so fun to watch. Georgia Little is one of the most fun players to watch in this conference. Flies up and down. I don't, again, there's obviously not a really way to track this in the NAI or Sun Conference yet. Yet. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod, maybe. I'd like this to happen. But to see how far players are running in soccer, the stat that's always fun to watch when you watch in the professional professional league, I would love to see how much mileage she's putting up. Got to be five, six, seven miles probably. She's putting up on, on the pitch, not an exaggeration. Uh, they take care of business on the road against uh, Weber 5-0. Um, second women's soccer, Southeastern 3-1. Um Another solid performance um, in net from both keepers. Um, two great, two great keeper, two great keepers. Say it right, Reagan. There you go. Uh, Naria Lopez, two assists to Madeline Davidson, who is creep up on, on that goal leader leaderboard. Naria Lopez as well with the the assist. Ave struck first this game. They led the entire first half, but Coach Roberts. You know, we're, we're getting flowers to coaches. Man, Coach Roberts is a heck of a coach, and he's one of the better at making adjustments. And he made adjustments at, at halftime, and they dominated the second half, three nil. Uh, let's see, move move on to men's. Yeah, move, moving on to men's now. Uh, on, on the weekend, uh, Kaiser four two win over uh Weber. Adair Chavez, who has become a very regular face on Suncast graphics for his performances, and he's earned himself. An AI offensive player of the week. So, Mr. Chavez, congratulations on that. They take care of business against Weber 
4-2 in West Palm Beach. Um, the best game of the, the weekend, arguably. Um, it's the closest one. 3-2 SCAD over Warner. Warner's starting to get uh, – they need a win. So, the only team to not have a win yet in the Sun Conference. Sitting in last place uh, in, in the standings, they got to rattle off a couple wins or they could very well be uh, he- heading home. Before, uh, they could very well be, be heading home instead of heading to a Sun Conference uh, tournament. Ryan Holmes, man, another great performance. Uh, goal and assist. Um, you know, he's going to be sitting there at the end of the year. I think he is surefire first team all conference, could very well – have something to say um, as far as player of the year. Uh, Philip Holtengen, he gets a goal and assist. Shout out. Shout out SCAD, man. What, what they did was not easy. What, you know, kind of an old adage and um, old saying, if you will, in soccer, two-goal lead is the the most dangerous lead because momentum, whatever. I always thought it was kind of stupid. I think I'd rather have a two-goal lead than a one-goal lead. That's just me. Um, but look. 65th minute, Warner met, um, Warner cuts it down 3-1, uh, and then again, then 3-2, I guess th- three-goal lead. So, that more dangerous? I don't know. Whatever. But, hey, my point is they held on the last 15 minutes of that, that one with a one-goal lead. Uh, Connor Frill, another solid performance um, in net, five saves from him. Um, if you're going to say a statement win just as far as goal differential, you got to go with Southeastern. Uh, the game score was reported 7-0, originally on the graphic, um, was 8-0. Apologies for that. Um, I know but I know we both uh, kind of got uh, a couple score graphics uh, kind of worth throwing up 7-0. They, they, they want to let you know it was 8. It was 8, <laughs> don't hate. Yeah. That goal took care of business. Matters. Yeah. Goal differential, man. <laughs> Good matter. 17 shots on goal. Wow. Um you know, they, they take care of it. It's overall uh, uh, team effort. Um, Corey Nekoloff, uh, goal and assist for him. Um, and they had eight players? Let me make sure I got, I got, got that right. Yeah, eight players, eight different players scored a goal. Let me just double check, make sure I've got that right. Yeah, eight different players w- with a goal. Great performance um, from the fire as a team. Uh, wrap, wrapping up, best team in, in men's soccer. Um, uh, maybe in the whole country. Uh St. Thomas. 10 and one now on the season, eight and oh in the Sun Conference, three one win. I mean, they have an incredible back line. They have, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the conference. And Guido just takes care of business, man. I mean, they are phenomenal. Prosecco again. Um, you know, Florida Memorial is a solid team. Uh, we talk about them um, also because they did play on Monday. That was the other that was a game I alluded to earlier. One of the better goals that we've seen this year, not necessarily just from the foot to the back of the neck, but the entire run that Brad Tolley went, went on in their three one win against Warner on Monday. Which I tell you, you go play St. Thomas on Saturday, go travel from Miami to Lake Wales to fight to go play up against a hungry Warner team. Not an easy win. Warner struck first in that one. Uh, Far Memorial scored three in, a, three, three in a row. Brad Tolley again led the way. 3-1 win for the Lions to wrap up overall Sun Conference this past weekend. Josh, there's obviously the big, a big game. What was that? This is the moment I've been waiting for. There's <laughs> obviously a big game to talk about. Save that one for last. Save that one for last. Okay. Um. I'll tell you the, the game. I want your opinion. Obviously, Weber Southeastern, duh, man, but biased. Um, I want your opinion on Ave Maria going up to Thomas, getting a lead, then a first-year program, Thomas fighting back, but Ave Maria able, able to hold off. What you, what's your big take, take away from that game? Um. The one thing that was glaring at me was, like always, the, the turnover, especially when you have a lead like that, 20, 28 to nothing. Um, You can't turn the ball over. That's the one thing you can't do because that's exactly how you let teams back in the game. 
is by turning the ball over. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, Andrew Legg had three interceptions. Th- thanks to thanks to um, you know, Brian Stemke running for two thirty-five and three and three touchdowns. I mean, I don't if they're not able to run the ball that well, I don't know if they're gonna be able to hold on and milk that clock. So I mean, Andrew Legg struggled. They were lucky to lean on lean on a their their veteran tailback. But like I said, you 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 can't when you have a lead, you just can't turn the ball over. That's just that's like in baseball, you're winning and you walk guys. And that's just allowing for a big inning or the big drive or the big play, the momentum swings. And that's exactly what they did. Luckily for for Avi Maria Thomas is still very inexperienced, very new. So, you know, they were lucky to hold on to that thing. But if you give Thomas a year or two and do that again, I don't know if Avi Maria is going to be able to hold on. You know, I got, like a question. I, got, I got a question for you. Obviously, still a good little ways to go for Thomas this year. Um, so got to play St. Thomas. So got got to make some trips down to Florida. What'd you rate their year so far as year one as a program? I don't I don't know if you could ask for too much more from your guys. First year putting the pads on for the Nighthawks, playing the, one of the best conferences in in the NAIA, playing a really good team in Bethel in a non conference game. They've been challenged, they've been tested, and they really haven't they really haven't been like bleh. Like they haven't just like, yeah. and like you, you again. I don't. I don't. Not not trying to like give my opinion or, or anything here, but at the end of the day, you're a first year program. You go out and play Bethel. You go out, you play Kaiser, and I mean, do the games go they the way they want? Obviously not. But it wasn't like they went out there and lost about fifty points in those two games. There's teams in this conference that have been in this conference for years and are doing that. And this team is brand new, and, the, yeah. and you know, they're keeping game. They're not as, I wouldn't say close. Some of them, yes, but not not getting completely blown out. It's not like you're walking out there like looking like Vanderbilt in most years and just losing by 40, 50 points every single week. Can't you know, wait. Like- I, can't, I, I better knock on wood, but I'm glad this, this is a – not a bye week, but George is playing Vanderbilt this week, and it's kind of a little, little stress two, two bye weeks to prepare to beat the living crap out of Florida. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I just want to win this week anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, Thomas, you, as the, as your first year program, that coach has got to be like liking what, what's going on there. I mean, because, you know, the year two, you're going to get some more players, you know, you're going to start recruiting a little better. You're going to start getting some experience playing in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you, cut you off uh, with, with the finger there, but you brought up a good point. I'm from that area. They play on Thomasville high. I know that that area is wide open for an NAI team to take. I mean, obviously, you got Reinhardt's up there. Point, sure. Reinhardt, though, we just saw Southeastern go and beat them. Reinhardt's a good team, historic team. Dude, Southwest Georgia, that is some excellent, excellent, excellent high school football with deep, deep talent. You're talking about Asta. You're talking Lowndes. Colquitt, Lee County, the the Trojans. Let me pull it out. The the two time state champion Trojans, right there in <laughs> an hour. No, and like, it, it's a great area. And they say, hey, look, we're going up. We're going up against good teams from Florida, good NAI teams. You go and you now. Obviously, you're not going to get guys. You're not going to go out recruit a, a a Kirby Smart. It's going to be hard to go out and out recruit. Um, I forget who, yeah, I forgot who the head coach now at Valdosta State, but you'll have to get all those guys. No, you go and get players, there's players of of the caliber of NAIA all over the place. We see it in all of sports. There's guys sure. who who are, who are even Division One, Division Two type players that just fall to NAI because of how many good athletes are out there. And if Thomas, and what's wrong? Experience- and, and again with Thomas, you look at you know, say there's a guy at Valdosta State leaves for. But whatever reason doesn't work out. Thomasville's right here, dude. Stay at home, right there. They got to use that to their advantage. Absolutely. Stay at home, play in your backyard. I mean, I, a lot of us at Weber are are, are kind of like that. You got a lot of Polk County, Osceola County, Hillsborough County players. It's far enough from home to where you can go to college and you know kind of get that getaway experience, but it's not too far from home. A lot of kids don't like leaving mom and dad. Yeah, I think it's a huge advantage because I mean, obviously, you just talk about Polk County. Weber's got who's Weber's got to compete with Southeastern Warner and vice versa. Kaiser, St. Thomas, 
Florida Memorial, they all got to compete. Nobody's there. Exactly. Nobody's if they there. can ex start exploiting that area and just bringing guys in and they start, you know, showing players, the younger guys in high school, like, if you want to play college football and be close to home, we're right here. We got a good program. We play good teams. We go up against good players. And if the NEI keeps trending upwards, they're going to be able to, to create a, a pretty good program over there. And they're a team that, like, might be a little scary, you know, in the next three, four, five years. Might, they and, might end up having a good roster. And St. Thomas, how long did it take St. Thomas to be competitive nationally? Four years. Mm -hmm. One presidential term. They immediately – so, you know, Florida Memorial now. But exactly right. Moving on. Uh, but, yeah, to to kind of to get things going, that's kind of where I wanted to start anyways was with that game. Go over a um, little bit of a recap. Um, like we said, Ave 22, Tom, um, Thomas – sorry, Ave 28, Thomas 22. Like we said, um, Ave had a 20, 28 to, to nothing lead. And uh, this – okay, I'm sorry. Thomas scored eight before the end of the half. Made a 28th day and then came out in the third quarter, scored another one, scored another touchdown in, in the fourth, make it 28 22, make it very interesting. But um, yeah, very ended up being a very close game. Ave probably wasn't too happy with that, but you know, a win's a win, and that's really all that matters. But shout out to Mr. Brian Stemke for probably that's got to be the Ave rushing record in a game. Got to be. Not sure. 32 for 235. Didn't even bust a 50-plus yard. I had one for 40, but he was just averaging seven, eight, nine, ten yards a carry. I mean, he ran it 32 times. I would, too, and quarterback struggling like that, seven of 17 with two interceptions and 67 yards. So they, they had to lean on the run, and, you know, it worked out for him. But um, Ave with a – Ave playing Weber this week at home. It's got, that's going to be – that's one game I really am interested in because Weber's back's against the wall. Ave's look, been looking shaky. It's, it's just going to be a game of who, you know, who wants it more. I'm very intrigued that, you know, obviously Weber not, the season's not going as necessarily planned. Sorry, technical difficulties on the computer. Hold on. There we go. All right. Um, so, yeah, but moving on, Flomo with another very impressive performance, 72-19. They are just, the way I was thinking corner was at the beginning is now my, my, my thoughts on Flomo. I kind of had like a little transition there. Kind of saw some more competition between these teams, and you know, Warner took advantage of the the cupcake schedule early on, like some of these big programs do early on. And now that they're you know facing better competition, you know, the lights really starting to show. But Florida Memorial, man, I mean, they kind of just do it all: throw for almost three hundred and five touchdowns in the air, and run for five hundred and a touchdown, four touchdowns, I'm sorry. And Warner didn't really – they turned the ball over one time. That was it. They just got stops and scored, got stops and scored. And that's what we've been saying. Florida Memorial, if they can get off the field, their offense, they're going to score points. St. Thomas better be ready. That's all I'm going to say. Florida Memorial has the number one. Number one. One. Zero teams are better at scoring, the foot, at scoring than them. They're averaging 58.3 points. I'm not talking about Sun Conference. The whole thing. I think I stole this from your notes. I'm sorry, but I had to hop on. But averaging 58.3. The next closest team is Friends in Kansas, averaging 47 points. That's 11 points. Touchdown and field goal. They're unbelievable. And I want to, I want to have, we need to get the offense coordinator on here. That's, that's a done, done. That's what I would be interested in because I, I'm a, you know, like every everybody knows, I love football, and most importantly, I love offense. They're first in. Now, this is according to the NAI website. This could be a, 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 a little skewed, but according to the NAI website, they're first in points. They're first in yards, averaging. I'm gonna round up here because I, yeah, whatever. Six hundred sixty-seven yards per game. That's unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah. 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 I mean, they put up 756 yards of offense, 752. No, I'm sorry, 762 yards of offense against against Warner. 762. I've never seen a team do that in any no, level. They're first in just – they're top three in pretty much every offensive statistic 
in the NAI right now. I would hope so. And there's a team better. I want to know who they are now. I'll tell you what, I don't know how we can make it happen, but good Lord, let them go play friends out in Kansas. Good. <laughs> there would be 258 points scored that game. It would be 100 to 99. It would be yeah. electric. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for that Florida Memorial St. Thomas game, Miami Gardens clash. Oh. No. It, you you know what time that game is? Do you have that? Yeah, it's at it's at noon. No, oh, let's fire me up. I know what I'm watching on, on the bus ride. Sorry, it Georgia Vanderbilt. It ain't happening. I'm watching that game. That's gonna be a ledger. I mean, that well, is I, I, there's two things that I think may happen here. I don't see a close game happening unless it's a shootout. I see Flomo blowing them out, just scoring every drive, or I see St. Thomas holding Flomo to zero and beating them like 20 to zero, 21 to zero. I don't see I don't think St. Thomas can shoot out with them, in my opinion. I don't think that's gonna happen. But I think there's a chance Flomo beats them, like score wins by three TDs, or St. Thomas like skunks them. So the St. Thomas defense is the real deal, but that Flomo offense is also the real deal. Dude, we're talking a real possibility. How, how about a quick turnaround with their women's soccer team? Football. I don't know. If if I'm an offensive skill player in the state of Florida and I'm not a Division One player, why not go to play receiver or run the football or play quarterback? At great football? point. It's a great point. It's a great point. We talked about some of the Division Two competition, West Georgia – Valdosta State for Thomas. You're throwing up numbers like that. You go up to a recruit. And Miami, is there a better place to go? Is South Florida, is there a better place in the country to go find elite skill players than South Florida? No, there's not. So they are in the best spot. They're in H- HBCU, which is a huge plus for them. Coach Young and I, we, we talk about that. I talk about that all, all the time, how much I love going, going to an HBCU, being part of that that culture. You get to sell that. You get to sell this offense. Holy cow. You, you win a, ga- a big game or two this year? Oh, brother. Take Let, let them take let, – let them go beat St. Thomas and or Kaiser. Josh, I got a question for you. Off the top of your head, what percentage chance do you get Florida Memorial to win the Sun Conference this year in football? And then give me that – if I asked you that two months ago, what would it have been? Oh, I mean, beginning of the year, two, one, two, three percent. Like, I was like, no way. Like, not even close. Like, they're going to be they're, – they're at the Vanderbilt of the Sun Conference. They're the – they're the what would you say, I guess, the Mississippi State this year of the sure. Sun Conference. Sure. Someone you're going to roll out there nine times out of ten beat this sure. year. I don't know. They're looking like the Missouri of the SEC this year. Ooh, I like that. I think that's a comparison. Shaky defense, but can score with the best of them. Sure, sure. You know, like 72 against Floma. I mean, against Warner. 56 against Ave. Um, 22 against a Division I program against Grambling. Um, What else we got on here? Oh, 38 against Edward Waters. 47 against Bluefield. Mm, that sounds like a lot of points to me. Um, but yeah, 72 to 19. Wow. Just, you know, I, I, I just, I'm just going to stop there because actually, no, we're going to give, we're going to give some love to some of these guys who, who had a good game. I, 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 I do. I, I want to go, go through one thing because Grambling, this isn't a, a bad Division One team. This is a Division One team that's three and three, and one of those losses can is, is LSU. Another loss is by one point. Another loss is by four points. We're talking about a team that's five points away from being five and one, and their only loss is to the LSU Tigers. Which I mean, we're, we're not even talking about the same league at the, at this point. That's that's uh yeah, that's an outlier. Yeah, but. To, to run through a little stats here, um, Kino, Myrosette, 14 for 126 and a touchdown. Walter Wilbon, 11 for 110 and a touchdown. Marcus Barthel, 8 for 81 and a touchdown. I'm sorry, no touchdown. Now you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Nine guys with carries. Spreading the wealth, all running wild. 
you got two guys playing a little bit of quarterback. You got Favion Harden and Sadequan Smith, both threw for over 100 and a touchdown. I mean, no, they they don't just have that one quarterback, that one receiver, that one running back. They got a little bit of both at every position. Watch out, watch out for them lines. That's all I'm going to say. But moving on to to another one, I I did probably pay the most attention to this one this week purely because you know I'm I'm a student student at Weber, so you know watching that one was a little bit close. Hits a little closer to home. Friends on the team, mm. you know, good game. Um, but like we said, defense. We we said it was going to be defense. Whoever can get off the field the most, whoever's going to play the most smash mouth football, and I think they both did. They both did. I mean. 14 nothing Southeastern in the first half. Weber goes down in literally 10 seconds and throws a bomb and cuts it to a one-score game. Shout out Trent, Trent Gro- Grochen. I'll, I wish I could say his name. I'll get it one day. But shout out. Another impressive game for the true freshman. Seven, wait, let's see. Ten months ago, he was playing quarterback against high schoolers. And now you ask him to start two Sun Conference conference football games. And he's played – he's held his own. Against maybe – and this is up for you to say. I'm just going to let you say. Where would you two, put two St. Thomas and Southeast? overall teams. Where, I was going to say defense. Where would you rank those two defenses in the Southern Conference right now? St. Thomas is probably one. Southeastern is either two or three. No. I mean, two of the top three defenses. And he he hasn't shied away he's whatsoever. Poised, man. That's – there's some – you gotta there's, talk about there's you, some light at the end of the tunnel for the Warriors with that kid. Hey, Don't I let know, him slip away. I know it wasn't exactly my my best day punting first two punts. Wish I had I was gonna get there. I was gonna get there. Get there. Yeah, you got you gotta talk about it. I'm gonna. All right. Um, but another oh. person I wanted to highlight was Zach Van Fleet, Weber's kicker. I mean, I I love that kid. I, I don't I can't say I pay attention to kickers or punters more now than I ever have purely because I'm very good friends with a punter, Reagan, obviously. So, you know, I want every game that I watch, I like, you know, Oh, nice punt. Oh, that's a good kick. You know, I kind of just like have an eye for it now, but man, Zach Van Fleet has been another true freshman drills one from 41. I don't think he's missed a PAT yet. Only ones that have been blocked. Yeah. I mean, this kid can kick it. Dude, I'm telling you, he's had he's four for four on the year. Three of those are from 40 plus. Every single one. Uh, the last one, uh, th- this past week at Southeastern, it was close, but I don't think it was ever it was ever going go- to hook out. I think all three of his kicks from 40 plus would have been good from 50. He is a gamer, and him and I, we, I mean, we. We work together. He, uh, as from him and Maddox and I, where we work together, we got our chemistry. We have a great chemistry out there. I had never held for a lefty kicker before until this year. I've been holding since my junior year of high school, never done it and worked with him on it. And dude, he's just like, hey, just five, 10 degrees tilt. And man, he, that kid's special, man. And he, he's, I went out, I went out to Weber's for a few minutes. I went out to Weber's preseason game, watched him kick a couple PATs. I'm like, dude, those are, he's not just making those. Like he's drilling those on top of the building. You know, I had talks with you. I'm like, what's up with this kid? This kid looks pretty good. And then I went and watched the, the St. Andrews game on TV and he scored 50 points and he drilled all the PATs. And I asked you again, I'm like, is this kid the real deal? And, and you know, you you never shied away from him. You're like, absolutely. And then I went out to the home opener against against Cumberland's and I seen him, I saw him drill two field goals from 40 plus. Yep. And I've been paying attention ever since. Hasn't missed, only had one block, but I mean, kids money. Shout out to Zach Van Fleet. I don't know if you watch. Oh, I've never met you in person, but I'd love to. But dude, I love I'd love to have I'd love to have him on too. To what I can, I'll get him on. He, I tell you what, he can be our, he can be our guest on, uh, on Friday's episode. I, I, I love the kid. He's just as good. Um, uh, I tell you, let me get this out. Um, as good as he is a kicker, even better person. Man, he's a great dude. And I, and I love that. I feel like yeah. we got a lot of those roaming around this conference. I think that's what. No, makes yeah. us. 
every guy we've had on is just a cool, cool person. Just a genuine person. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was um, if anyone cared to watch the, the game, big time hustle points for, for, for Reagan here. So if you want to go back and watch that game after Weber scores their, their touchdown and right up before the half, Reagan, they get the kick blocked and Reagan runs from the goal line to the opposing goal line and makes a shoestring tackle. He makes a shoestring tackle. Oh, oh, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I thought I tore my hamstring doing that. But it was and so that white boy can run. <laughs> he can run. He can run. Oh run. my god! I was I was literally out of breath for pretty much the entire halftime. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, uh, the shout out, shout out. That's why we train. Yeah, train. that's why you do the guy. Why, <laughs> why does the punter got to run? That's why. that's why, baby. That's why. I, uh, I shout out my my uh, my good buddy Gabe Woody, long snapper uh, for Southeastern. Great long snapper. They got a, they got a couple of really good young specialists um, as well. But shout out Gabe Woody because uh, after um or in between halftime he's just like i don't know you had that in you and i said shoot man i didn't either <laughs> yeah i did um now i'll tell you that game if you like defense that was the game for you and i mean you know shout out southeastern's defense man hey my boy ryan cunningham friend of the program had to get game ceiling pick oh that's true that's true forgot about what we had him on yeah um but another game that we talked about being defense game of the week St. Thomas at Kaiser. Great game. Great game. 21-14. Kaiser had the lead. 21-7 at halftime. St. Thomas cut the lead in the third quarter. Um, you know, ended up Kaiser ended up holding on late. But I mean, like we said, Kaiser has a great defense, and so does St. Thomas. Both running backs held in check. Messenger did run for 90 for Kaiser, but it also had 25 attempts. So if we're looking at averages, he didn't run. I mean, he, they were stuffing him. They just, he, you know, he had a bunch of carries and kept churning and turning. And, you know, shout out Kaiser. They held Rontavious Farmer to 70, 73 yards and, and no touchdowns. And we haven't seen a team do that in two years. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Farmers ran for under 100 and no touchdowns in the two years that we've been, I've been um, working football. I want to say we may have actually held them to under 100. Let's fact check this. I think Weber, I think we did, but I think it was still like 95 yards or something like that. Good thing we have. Uh, this this year he went for 108, no touchdowns. Against us? Yeah. I'm a liar. It's all right. He tried eight yards away. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a guy who I, who I want you, uh, want you to uh, t- talk a little bit about. Um, man, Jalen Willis. Linebacker, number six uh, for Kaiser. Another defensive player of the week um, for him. Uh, dude's a menace on special teams as well. A um, couple pass breakups, forced a fumble uh, again against St. Thomas, eight tackles, um, and is now the school's all-time leader in career tackles, uh, 201. I mean, he – I mean, you just talk, talk about him and like his presence on that Seahawk defense. Yeah, I mean, you like we talk about with offense, you got to, you know, you got to have that quarterback who who the guys can trust. But on the defensive side of the ball, it's the linebacker. You see a lot of defenses. You got your your, your normally your middle linebacker. Um, that's the guy who who everyone you know kind of groups around. You look for them for for the calls and for the audibles and the checks and and the effort and the energy and the you know and the the guy the guy who's gonna you can rally around. When you got a guy like that in the middle of your defense, who you can just who know you you know he's going to be at the football. Yeah, you know when I, you play with a guy like that. That makes you want to be on the football even more. That makes you want to fly around. When you have a guy like that leading your defense, it all comes down to leadership. And when you got a guy like that who's you know a career player for Kaiser, going to go down as probably one of the best linebackers in their program, and he's making plays every week. Not only you know, making tackles, but, you know, breaking up passes, you know, he's a very, you know, not diverse, but I'm a versatile, versatile linebacker. He can, he can punch the ball out. He, you know, he can tackle, he can play in coverage and he's all around great player. So like I was saying, a guy like that on a team like that, 
I mean, they kind of lack that kind of presence at quarterback per se. But when you got a guy like that on defense, it's it kind of like makes up for it in a way, because especially when Kaiser's going to be leaning on that defense a little bit more than usual this year. Well, they can lean on that defense. And, you know, something we talked about at the beginning of the year, something um, and, you know, shout out Kaiser Sports Information Department for providing this information at the beginning of the year, talking about. Um, you know, how big Jaden is, is going to be along with four returning offensive linemen. Kind of, you know, when you have in in this world, I'd say it's going to be a fun matchup, two polar opposite teams, Kaiser-Florida Memorial when they match up. Especially if Florida if – Florida, if Florida Memorial beats St. Thomas this weekend, they are going to be ranked. They are better be a top twenty-five team in the Sun Conference. I don't or in the in the, in the NAI. If they're not there, we got another problem with. The then, then it's a name thing. At that point, it's a name thing. Because look at look at that point. Look at what what they did. But obviously, we, we got a long way to go. But you know, kind of you you look at that. I mean, Kaiser was just some smash mouth. Look, we got a quarterback that's going to be smart. He can run the ball. He's going to deliver good, accurate passes. Don't. I, I I don't know if people forget, but that's the quarterback that kind of took them on the road and led them to a national championship game I mean, for the second I week. I, 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 I don't get why why, why they're ranked, ranked ninth in the country. They they've been they've been penalized for losing. I gotta calm down. I don't. I'm not giving opinions for football. I'm gonna stop here. I'll let you talk about it. Should they be ranked where they are right now? I'm not sure why. I mean, the teams they've lost to would probably beat 75 to 85% of the teams in the rankings anyways. And I think they're being penalized for that, first of all. Second of all, they're getting penalized for losing the arguably one of the best tailbacks in the Sun Conference's history, which I don't think is fair either because they had a backup last year who's very capable of doing similar things. Yeah. And they, have a, they returned the quarterback who led them to where they ended last year. And he's continuously done his job. They've won the games that they're supposed to win. So what what are we what are we doing? Eighth in the country in the, in the in the new polls. I mean, it's it's what I, they're a top five team. I don't know how you can say they're not. Yeah, until it's ridiculous. It, it, but whatever. I mean, Bryce was ten of thirteen for one fifty and two touchdowns. Did not turn the ball over. Got sacked one time. On the yeah. Yeah. What else can you ask for? And I I can probably say of the three incompletions, at least one of them was a ball thrown away. More than likely. Had to be. Had to be. All right. Um, one one final thing I had. Was yeah. Go, go ahead. Go yeah. um, Flomo leading the way, 3-2 and two overall, 2-0 and oh in the Sun Conference. Um, Kaiser, 2-0, and 3-2 oh, and two overall. Southeastern as well, 2-0, 3-2 and, oh, three, three and two overall. Three teams off to a great start. Ave, 1-1, 3-2 one one, and two overall um, with some shake, two shaky games um, against Thomas and – who did they lose to? Am I? I'm sorry. Thinking? Who did Ave? Who Ave lost to? Who? Far Memorial. That's right. I'm the. Um, right. Yeah, two shaky performances. So Ave's got a lot of work to do. St. Thomas one and one, three and three overall. St. Thomas has three losses to three good teams, really good teams. So nothing to, no reason to panic. And in, in Miami for for the Bobcats, they have plenty of plenty of season left, plenty plenty of games left to win. They need some um, help though. They, they, they need some help. This week is definitely going to be. I think the season's on the line in terms of postseason. This week, they lose this week. Postseason hopes are probably out of the window. Yeah, one hundred percent. Warner started off strong against some weak competition. Kind of seeing how that how that team really is. Zero and two, three and two overall. Weber zero and two, one and four overall. Weber just young, I think. Just young. They got, got a, you know, they got a few years till I think that program starts to be a contender in this league in my opinion um and thomas you know like we said own four own two in the sun conference new team young guys very bright future ahead for those guys so there's a little update with they the standings they don't have a win they got a win oh, unless the game wasn't documented yeah i think it was against like georgia warhawks or something like that it may have been a yeah well i can luckily we have the internet at our disposal yeah, like I know they had a win, but I don't know if it was, you know, one of those kind of like well Weber had how we play like Daytona Elite. Okay. Um kind of deal. Just 
two seconds. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no score for it. It was just okay. Post- I know it was a scrimmage. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, football. Well, if you're going to if you want to if you want to give yours, I'll give my rankings real quick. As I'm definitely not stalling to get it pulled up. All right. Uh, for the women, SCAD leading the way, uh, twelve and zero overall, eight and zero in the Sun. Southeastern six three and one, six one and one in the Sun. Saint Thomas eight one and two, five one and two in the Sun Conference. Kaiser six four and two, four three and one in the Sun. Ave Maria three four four, one four three in the Sun Conference. Warner currently holding uh the that six that six spot um in the conference four five two uh one five and two in the conference weber two eight and one uh one six and one in the sun conference and florida memorial three seven and two overall one and seven in the sun conference um then going over to the men's side st thomas uh leading the way eight and oh in the sun ten oh and one overall kaiser six three three overall five one and two in the sun conference southeastern um who could maybe maybe have a number by their name? Um, it beat Ave, but be, beat them well. Maybe could have a number by their name. Surely we'll still be receiving votes this week. Seven two two overall, five two and one in the Sun Conference. Scad in the four spot, five four two overall, four three and one in the Sun Conference. Florida Memorial, another good. Uh, uh, I tell you, everything's really trending upwards uh, for Florida Memorial. Nothing is is trending down. Very positive direction for that athletic department. Three five two overall, two four and one. Uh, in the Sun Conference, holding on to the sixth spot is Weber, three seven and two overall, two five and one in the Sun Conference. Ave Maria, one ten and one overall, but one and seven in the Sun Conference, which is important because Ave Maria does have, or excuse me, Warner does have uh, another win, um, th- one more win than Ave Maria at two seven and two, but still, if you had to pick up a Sun Conference win at oh five and two. All right, um, JB, anything else? That's all I got. Go Braves. Go Braves. Hey, we're going to rob the bank. We're going to rob the bank. My Phillies fans, I hope you know the bank is going to be closed because we're going to rob it. Heath Ledger Joker style. Chop on, baby. Battle is won. We're going to kick it over now to Mr. Manny Burroughs talking a little Sun College Volleyball. Hello, Suncast Nation. It's your boy Manny here back with another solo episode as we review and preview volleyball from this past week saturday had some only three games on the slate but they were very very entertaining to say the least two sweeps and a five set thriller we're going to start here at home with st thomas as they handled business against coastal georgia but i will say i think coastal georgia kind of had the bigger statement game, even though they did get swept. They proved to me defensively, especially, that they are a superb team. They actually had more digs than the Bobcats, 52 to the Bobcats, 47. And that was the reason that every set, even though it was a three-set game, every set felt like it was going back and forth, especially that second set when it went 26-28, always in favor of the Bobcats. There were a lot of times in that second set that I thought maybe Coastal Georgia could even up the set count at 1-1 and we'll be in a different type of atmosphere, different type of environment. But the Bobcats pushed through, and I gave her flowers during the broadcast. I gave her flowers after the broadcast. Hope Levy Gaskin had herself an afternoon. 17 kills, a career-high 17 kills on 35 total attacks for a hitting percentage of .429. She embodied what is so impressive about this Bobcat team because Amanda Allende did not play in this game, and the Bobcats still put up such a good offensive performance. The depth is just, in my opinion, second to none. The Bobcats are a the most deep team in the conference, I would think. And it goes to show Hope has not started. She's been playing a lot of spot minutes, a lot of, not getting the consistent burn. But when she goes in, she makes her mark, whether it's in short spurts or if she does get longer durations. But today, in that game on Saturday, to understand, knowing going in that she was going to start and to come out as aggressive as she did, setting the tone early and for the rest of her team to go through with it, also have some names that are always top of the box score when it comes to kills. Alexander Bruno, who in the two games last week, 
only had one attack error, and that was in this game. She finished with 10 kills, had 12.5 points. The assist category, of course, belongs to Peyton Berkey, 38 assists. She just came off another setter of the year, setter of the week uh, honor. At setter of the year, I think it's it's definitely in conversation. And of course, the digs, Bianca Grassi coming off another back-to-back defensive player of the week nod. The Bobcats, they proved that their offense is formidable no matter how good of the, the defensive performance the other team puts forth. And again, the Mariners did just that. 52 digs. Skylar Gribben had 13, led the team. Kira Mathis and Rebecca Brown, 9 and 8 respectively. The kill department, that was the biggest hindrance for this Coastal team. The defense is awesome. The defense was superb. It, it really impressed me. The mindset of the Mariners really impressed me. But no matter how good of a defense you are, at some point you're going to have to put pressure on the other team through your offense. And only eight kills, seven kills, and seven kills by Paula Perez, Royalist, Madison Heskett, and Raven Russell. Those are your three leaders for the Mariners. It's not going to do it against not just the Bobcats, but I think against the Seahawks, I think against the Fire Composites in time. It's going to be very tough to put up those type of numbers offensively to try and match the firepower that the conference can put forth on their best effort. With that said, though, I, I'm gonna say it again. Even though the Mariners did drop to six and nine on the on the season and two and one, uh, and six and nine on the season, and now sit two and five in conference play, I still think that they really impressed me, and they are going to be a tough, tough team come postseason time. I think they will make the conference tournament, and no matter who they play, whether one of the top teams, maybe get sneaking their way into that middle of the pack because the conference still is very, very packed in that middle. I think they have the ability to continue to get better, especially offensively. And if they get their offense going, they're going to be a tough, tough team to play against in that opening round. Now we move on to Miami Gardens version two between Florida Memorial and Southeastern University. Southeastern, another sweep here for, against the Lions, 25-11, 25-17, and 25-19. This game, again, comes down to the fact that just the Lions are missing some key, key players and missing the player of the year is going to be a tough thing to overcome. Meanwhile, the fire, 13 kills for Cambry Pope, 10 kills for Amelia Harding. The assist category, that's being led by number thirty, uh, number four, Alexandra Poslewit, 34 assists. The fire continue to do their thing. Now they sit comfortably in that second spot in the conference, six and one, right behind the Bobcats, nipping at their heels. I just think it comes down to the fact that the fire understand that they have to take every game no matter who it is against seriously because it is part of the process to hopefully in their case knock off the team to beat which are the bobcats the lions they're now in the bottom of the conference one in six they just had a tough stretch here i i really don't fault them at all the players are still putting up great efforts but they're just Kind of short right now when it comes to the offense, especially only 11 kills to lead. That's Benethia Burrito. After that, you got seven kills by Maria Rodriguez and four kills by Rafael Noriega. It's just not going to do it. Same thing kind of what I say about Coastal Georgia. You have to have not just one person have a consistent offense, but you got to have a team offense, especially in a sport like volleyball, because you you have to be able to have at least three people, I would say, to really compete in this conference that can be consistent when it comes to the offensive side of things. We look at the kills per each set. Lions only had four kills in set number one. Then they did better in set number two with 10. And finally, their highest being 15. But then you look at the hitting percentage, a negative 0.111 in the first set, a 0.200 in the second set, and then a 0.79. That's not going to do it when your opponents, in this case the Fire, are putting up a 0.547 hitting percentage, a 0.406 hitting percentage, and a 0.410 hitting percentage. That is just not going to cut it. Again, I am willing to give them kind of just an understanding of a reasoning why they're not able to kind of be that team that earlier on got a couple of nice little upsets, got a couple of good wins, and we're saying like, whoa, they went to Ave Maria, swept the gyrenes. Can this team kind of build a little bit here? So we understand that that it's, it's not really their fault, and they're doing the best they can. And I think as the season goes on, they're going to get better. They're going to get used to maybe not having these these some of these key players. And once the season season ends – I think they're going to rack up some more wins. I do think they can get at least two more wins in the conference, no matter what. It might come down to, you know, some five-set throws, some good bounces that go their way. But but nevertheless, I think the, the Lions can come through. Last one on the fire, they're going to keep rolling. They are going to roll into that next matchup between them and the Bobcats, which is going to happen 
in a few weeks time that is going to be a matchup that I really am going to I'm glad it's going to be here in Miami Gardens uh, at St. Thomas because I'm going to want to watch that one locked in on the broadcast final set of the day final match of the day I should say it came down to a five set thriller between the Kaiser Seahawks and the Weber International Warriors I mentioned before in our preview of this matchup that if the Warriors had come out and won this game, I was not going to be too surprised because they had momentum on their side. You know, they were able to basically the winner of this game between the Seahawks and the Warriors were going to take the third spot in the conference and the loser would drop down and tie Abe Maria in the fourth spot in the conference which is what we have right now after San Thomas and Southeast. We got Kaiser now at four and three, Weber at three and four. And then like I mentioned, Avi at three and four, they did not play over the, over a Saturday. They had their bye. And I think even though the Warriors lost, I still consider this a step in the right direction. You host the, the Seahawks, a hungry Seahawks team who's coming in on a two game losing streak. They wanted to finally get in the winning column. They wanted to, not solidify because again, even though they're right now in the third spot, half game ahead, they're not safe in that spot by any stretch of the imagination with Weber and Ave really nipping at their heels. But they're able to get a little bit of breathing room and continue to try and right the ship, so to speak, after a tough week of action for them when it came to the win and loss category. Each set, though, I think the Warriors got better. They got better, even though they were down two to one in the set count going into the fourth set for them to force a fifth set and to take that fifth set pretty much the distance 15 13 final score of set number five it goes to show you that i think the warriors have turned that corner i can say that with some certainty now we look at the at the box score brooklyn slater sydney waddles josephine mcgullen those are your leaders for kills for the seahawks 24 slater 16 for waddles and 11 for mcgullen sis category Hannah Heidi take a bow, 56 assists, and a great performance, 11 digs, nice double-double performance. And then the digs for the Seahawks. I think after watching the Seahawks play against the Bobcats and what I think was not their best game, they played good, but I don't think that that was their best game. The biggest note that I saw was the Bobcats offense really put pressure on the defense of the Seahawks. And they did not necessarily answer the bell look at a game like this when you have erica magan lead you in digs of 24 brooklyn slater 18 abigail lester 15 heidi with 11 friend federica silva with 10 and you got sydney waddles sophia trout josephine josephine mcgullen and london tagoy finish out with who had digs in this game that's what you need you need a complete team effort if you're going to be a championship contender which they are specifically though because of their offense obviously i mentioned on the broadcast i we've talked about it at nauseum the duo of slater and heidi the offense that slater has been putting out to lead the conference this year but at the end of the day it is as cliche as it sounds it is a cliche it is a classic saying for a reason especially in sports defense wins championships if you can have if you have five players with double digit digs not on a consistent basis because that's a lot to ask for, but five players to have double-digit digs, I think bodes well for this Seahawks team because we know what they're going to give us offensively. Even if they have an off night, which I have a saying, defense travels, offense doesn't. You may have to go down to Miami Gardens, which right now is the most likely outcome, to play the conference semifinals and finals if they're able to get there. You don't know how you're going to react you're not going to be have the comfortability of being at home. You could have an off night. You could have some attack errors that are just uncharacteristic for the Kaiser Seahawks. It happens. Everybody's warranted an off night. But the defense, that comes down to you as a group, as a collective. Can you be locked in mentally to not let the offensive struggles get to you? And then you let the off, either the defense kind of keep you afloat. And once you get the offense, because even if they have a bad night offensively, the Seahawks offense is still top of the conference for a reason but they have to get that defense in order to be able to really say, okay, can they push up, maybe catch Southeastern in this, in that second spot? Southeastern, I think have to drop a couple games here, but can they do it? Still got second round of conference action to go through, so it's still possible. It'll come down to the defense. It really will. Meanwhile, for the Warriors, 
they're kind of the opposite. They're, again, the defense needs to improve a little bit, but for the most part, I'm more worried about their offense. Can they, and if they're playing clean volleyball, can they be consistent? Again, we look at the kills, a collective effort, Tedora Radovich, 11 kills, Nadia Reed, 10 kills. Those are the only two with double-digit kills, but then you have Sydney Lorraine with nine, Jersey Anderson with eight, and Bailey Sigma with eight. Those are your top five leaders, but then you look at the error department. We've got Reed had seven attack errors. Anderson had five. Lorena had four. So did Sigma. I need them to be playing a little bit cleaner. Again, you play a top team like the Seahawks, you're going to have some attack errors. It happens. Understandable. But I think the biggest thing for them is to play as clean volleyball as possible because look at the assist department, Pacey Crow and Anna Clara, they're going to set up this offense. Another game where they're both flirting with a 2020 performance each, uh, Crow with 22, Anna with 19. And you look at the dig department, the defense was pretty sound. 18 for Bailey Berger, 9 for Anna Claire, 7 for Reed and Kristen Tisdale. That's going to be good numbers. Again, because of their defense, they were able to stay in this game, and the offense fell short by a little bit, pretty much by three points, or four points, really, if we're talking about it. Because if the Seahawks don't get that two-point lead at the end of set number five, and it's the Warriors who are now tied up at 15-15, I'm not saying that the Warriors would come out with it because the Seahawks are still a very, very tough team to beat. But now we're talking about a different game. Now it's the first to two. Can the Warriors string together two consistent, clean rallies and upset the Seahawks? I think they could have. I really do. So it comes down to the Seahawks having to be a little bit better defensively. Not to say they're a bad defensive team. I think they can be better than what they have been showing the past few games. At the beginning of the season, they were locked in. And I still think they're locked in, but they just have to right the ship a little bit. I think losing that game to St. Thomas in the fashion that they did, I do think it was Bobcat dominated, just to call a spade a spade. But I think that they can use that. They can be motivated for that and understand, okay, this is what we have to do to get to that level. The Warriors still in the hunt. They're fighting that middle of the pack. Like I said, Ave tied with them in, in the overall record. I tied with them in the conference record. The Warriors do have the edge in the overall department, so they are above Ave right now. And Kaiser is just a game in front of them. They're not too far away. It was a great weekend for volleyball. I think we saw a lot of good things. Looking forward to Wednesday's action with conference play. We got three more games. St. Thomas will be off. They'll have their bye week as well as Kaiser. From conference play, Kaiser does play non-conference opponents. We look at the three games for conference. Coastal, Southeastern, Weber, Florida Memorial, and Warner Ovid. I look at these games, Coastal Georgia versus Southeastern. It's a tough one for sure for Coastal. I think that the Coastal Mariners can give the Bobcats, I mean, can give the Fire, excuse me, a run for their money. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think that the Mariners can take one, but I think that's where it ends. I do think the Fire come out with the win, three to one in the set count. Coastal Georgia, I, I, I'm going to keep saying it. I think they were the biggest surprise. Not surprise. Surprise is the wrong word. They were the ones that impressed me the most over the weekend. I think they won the weekend from a standpoint of saying, hey, we were with the Bobcats for the most part. It took some top-notch offense, which the Bobcats can always do, and an offense struggling night, I guess I, I'm going to call that for Coastal Georgia. So if they can write that offense a little bit, can they have a collective offensive effort? Maybe they can you know, force the fire to a fourth and to a fifth set. Maybe, but it's going to be hard because the fire at home, that furnace is going to be hot. And I think they're just, their mindset for the fire is with one goal and one goal in mind. And that's to get to the conference championship, something that they did not do last year. And they're hungry for that effort. We look more towards Weber and Florida Memorial. I think this is a good opportunity for the Warriors. Um, Florida Memorial, they're struggling. Like I mentioned, they just haven't had their full complement of players. And the Warriors, this is a game that you have to take advantage of. If you want to be considered one of the best, one of the better teams in the conference, a playoff lock, so to speak, because, yeah, aside from the Bobcats and the Southeastern Fire, those teams are locks. They're going to make the tournament. It's just a matter of where. Seahawks, they're in that, like, in-between area. They're not they're, they're not necessarily locks, but they're also, it didn't take a little bit of a nosedive for them to fall out of the tournament. We look at Weber to Coastal, maybe even Warner, since Warner and Coastal are tied 2-5 and five in the conference department right now those teams can really fluctuate so the warriors need this game they are the favorites i think they go down to miami gardens i see another four set situation here i think the florida memorial lions do rally they probably take that first set 
Now they're back at home. They have a much more winnable matchup against them. But the Warriors' momentum, they've turned the corner. I think they handle business. They take this game from the from the fire, from the uh lines, excuse me, and they improve to four and four. If they do that, they are really setting themselves up. Meanwhile, that third game that we're gonna talk about real quick, Warner and Ave Maria. That game is very, very important. It is similar in importance to how I saw Warriors and Seahawks because, like I mentioned, Warner, right now they're out of the conference picture, but they're tied with Coastal Georgia 2-5. and five. If Coastal Georgia drops that game against the fire, which as of right now, I think that's what's going to happen. That's the most likely outcome. And the Royals upset Ave, which we've seen the Ave Maria Jairines, even though they're at home, we've seen them drop some games at, at the crib. If the Royals do that, they now inch into the conference picture at three and five, and the Coastal Mariners drop out at two and six. That's why this game is very, very important. Ave, on the other hand, especially because the Warriors have a favorable matchup against the Lions, they need to handle business at home. The Ajirines cannot come out and be slow on the start, be be doing uncharacteristic type errors and stuff like that because it will hurt them. If you give this Royal team confidence, you can ask the Warriors. If you give them confidence, they will come to you. They will put you in a dogfight and they will start playing to their best abilities. And we've seen that be enough to win games, to upset opponents. I have Ave Maria winning, but if they do not win in a sweep and this goes four or five sets, every set that this game continues to go past three i think the royals chances of winning increase because now again you play with more confidence you're like okay we got the one now we gotta get that second one okay we got the second one can we get that final one can we finish the story here and really put ourselves back into the conference picture a lot of great matchups this weekend each one having an implication on the other i think adds into the excitement to the uh to just the suspense of it how it will all play out I'm really excited. Um, again, Bobcats are going to Bobcats and Seahawks are the ones that are not playing any conference matchups this weekend. But for the three that are in that we've talked about, each one has an implication on the other. You do not want if you're a team that's favored, you have to handle business. You really, really do. With that, I'm going to wrap it up here. Reagan, thanks again for the solo. And we'll see you all next week for review and preview of Wednesday and Saturday.